better or worse, the relationship between science, film, and media has long been intertwined. We're here to dissect that relationship, turning it inside out for all to see. And throughout the years, one truth has revealed itself. You don't need good science to make a good movie. But it sure makes it better. Hi everyone, and welcome to The Real Science Cast, the podcast where three highly qualified professionals pick a movie, and they pick about the science. My name is Kenan Smith. My name is Sean Crescent. No. And, and I'm Michael Pace. Guys! Honey, I shrunk the Sean. Help me! <laughs> oh no, do you see, do you see what happened to Sean? Kenan, uh, he's, do you he, see what he, happened? Uh, he's, Guys, a little, he's a little tiny? He's these tiny. headphones, I can only, I have to keep running from ear to ear to hear what's happening. I'm too small. <laughs> Ca- careful, he's in your cereal, folks. You might accidentally eat him. Oh, don't eat me. Yeah, but the good Oops. thing about, about Sean's, though, is that they're particularly crunchy because of the beard. Guys, that's this true. is going to be really tough to record the podcast when I'm this small. He also doesn't shower a lot, so that's a On little bit On the other hand. Extra this, crunch. Oh, this oatmeal cream pie is fucking delicious. I could eat this for a year. Yay! You gonna, are you going to do this the whole time? Because it's, you have to trick me. It's sonically displeasing. Okay, Here's the right. trick right, uh, Kenan. Blah, 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 blah. No, Kenan, turn the fucking ray on. Don't just make noises. Oh, fuck. Okay, hold on. Beep, 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 beep. Swoop, swoop, swoop. Meow. Meow. Oh, fuck. I'm back. Yeah, thanks for making me do all that Foley work. I appreciate it. Hey, thanks for unshrinking me, man. I appreciate it. This oatmeal cream pie is a lot more disappointing now. Yeah, it's an oatmeal cream pie. <laughs> yeah, I just like it. They're always I mean, like, it would have been so much better if it was the size of my, you know, living room. Right. Also, like, all Hostess products lose the glamour that they once had once you reach the ripe age of 30. Wow, some fucking <laughs> hot takes from Kenan over here. When's I'm just the saying. last time you had a goddamn oatmeal cream pie? You When's hater? the last time you had a cosmic brownie? Come on. Uh, or a zebra I don't cake. eat cosmic brownies. Oh, well. Because they have <laughs> lactose in them, probably. That's a good point. I mean, most things are milk. Mm-hmm. All things are milk. A lot of milk. Uh, quote of the 2020, folks. Uh, you heard it here first. All things are milk. Michael Pace. All things are milk. <laughs> Yeah, you didn't know. And it. we invented shrink ray technology. What's this oh. over here? What's no? Oh. It's milk. It's milk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> so welcome back, boys. Uh, how long has it been since we recorded that episode? It's well, we recorded bonus content, but aside from that, it's been like a month. Yeah, I don't think we've we haven't watched a movie in a month. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. It is crazy. I'm running out of funny things to say. So, do you guys have any uh, New Year's resolutions? Oh, that's a that's a good question. I feel like Sean should have some. Uh, you have a lot of ways you can improve your life, Sean. <laughs> okay, I <laughs> all right. That's um. Once again, Pace does not disappoint with the fucking slams. <laughs> fucking got him. <laughs> um, I don't really have any big ones. I feel like I mean this is kind of boring, but like I uh, Sarah and I used to do Blue Aprons, and we're not anymore. So I'm trying to like look at sale items before I go grocery shopping <laughs> so that I can save, save Sean, money. I can't tell grocery. if you're married and live in a suburb. I honestly can't tell. I can't. Uh, I don't know. 
Sean, that's my New Year's resolution. I'm going to clear some stuff up for you that is very boring. I I mean, I knew it would be. I didn't know Pace was going to fucking... Oh, oh, sorry. I also wanted to use my jetpack more. <laughs> I oh, also... Cool. Uh, this year, I'm going to water my lawn more, but try and use less water. <laughs> Hey, Sean, also, can we... I bought new sprinklers literally a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> we could we could harp on something else. I mean, what's what does your shirt say right now? No, no, no. I want to hear your resolution, Pace. What's your New Year's yeah, resolution? Pace. So, Kenan, I only have I only have one one New Year's resolution this year. Let's hear it. Uh, and that what is, is it, to, Pace? It, <laughs> and that's and that is to keep on fucking killing it. Yeah, and, hell yeah. Uh, really, just maintain my uh my consistent level of of awesome. I don't. That sounds like good. a cop out. I told you a real resolution. As well, boring okay. As it may I, be. If you wanna, if you wanna know what my actual resolution is, I I did I did make a personal resolution that I am going to take more time for mindfulness this year. Oh, that's and actually very good. I think yeah, that's see? something that everyone should do. Mm-hmm. That's good. Twenty twenty is a year that we don't have time for a mental health stigma. It's gone. Exactly. It's gone. gone. Time for it's it. in the past. Mm-hmm. Nope. We, and the only thing we do have time for is mental health. Yeah. People say like the that's a 2010s thing. thing. We're yeah. good now. Yeah. yeah, yeah on yeah. stigma. We're done with it. We're done with most stigmas, actually. Yeah, totally. Uh, totally Kenneth, what's true. your New Year's resolution? Oh, um, well, I completed my 2019 resolution very well. Um, which which was? you guys were wondering. Uh, I'm no longer uh, trying vegetables in the grocery store before buying them. Um, <laughs> without asking, that. uh, <laughs> but for uh. 2020, <laughs> I don't have a 2020 resolution because I'm perfect. But hey, dude, you are perfect. I wouldn't say I wouldn't go that far, but the fact that you've stopped eating vegetables and then putting them back, I think you get a bonus year just from just from oh, yeah. stopping that. I get a year off because I'm not trying celery in the store. Oh. That's you the didn't, thing. You didn't really of, do gro- that. Of, of all the vegetables. That's that's barely even a vegetable. It's like, it's a stalk of water. It's packed with nutrients. It's not. It's got. It's one not. It's like iceberg grave. lettuce. Uh, I think we should go. Sean, you're a nutritionist. Uh, <laughs> is <laughs> celery good for you? Well, um, k- thank you for asking, Kenan. Uh, yes, it is. Because See, it tastes you. very bad, so <laughs> it's got to be good for you. <laughs> Wasn't there a, um, I, I think whenever I was younger in, in middle school, some kids tried to tell me, hey, if you eat a bunch of celery, it can increase the load of your ejaculate. And I thought, no, that's just no way. <laughs> Hold on. There's a lot to unpack <laughs> Wait, here. Whoa, I don't what? think we have time to unpack all of it. We don't. But I want to I put a pin in that and come we'll back to it that. at right. a later oh, date. Cool. Please. You, you know what I think we should really do before we dive into this pin? I think we should give our disclaimers. <laughs> Yeah, because. we should probably do our disclaimer. Well, uh, in case you guys haven't noticed, this is a podcast where the three of us scientists, we watch a movie and we talk about the science in that movie, talk about whether it's accurate, fun, or whatever. Uh, and this week, uh, we watched... Uh, fuck, what did we watch? Was it How to Train Your Dragon? No, you keep saying that. Okay. We watched Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. We should good. do How to Train Your Dragon. From 1989, anyway. the Disney mm-hmm. movie starring Rick Moranis. Nice. And others. And the dog... <laughs> Cork. You just don't have the IMDb uh, page handy. That is is that is that what's happening right Matt now? Matt Frewer, mm-hmm. Marcia Strassman. Nice. So far, so good. Christine Sutherland. Mm-hmm. Jared Rushton. 
and Amy O'Neill. And those are the first six people on the Rotten Tomatoes page. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess to be fair, Rick Rick Moranis is uh, the gentleman who went on to do most of the... uh, most of the stuff, but uh, his neighbor, I don't remember the actor's neighbor, is... Uh, Matt Ferber. Yeah, he's... Fre- uh, Frewer, sorry. He's Max Headroom uh, from the British TV show, Max Headroom. I don't know if you remember that. His, his actually, voice he's in like a sounds like Jim Carrey, Yeah, in my opinion. He's what? I literally saw him was like, oh, is this Jim Carrey's brother? <laughs> in this movie? His voice oh. sounds exactly <laughs> like Jim Carrey. Tim Carrey. Yeah, Timothy... Yeah, sure, Jim- sure, sure, sure. Jimothy Carrey. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. See, mm-hmm. we got it. Yeah, we did watch uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids uh, this week, and uh, I I know we've said a lot of stuff already, included including Pace's Come thing, but I feel like we should definitely give our disclaimers. Yeah, um, yes. <laughs> Probably before we say the C word again. Yeah. I think that's, not, that's not the worst of the C words. Yeah, there's so many more, many more worse okay. C words. Um, Why don't we stop there with the C words? You do, do right, your cool. thing. Uh, well, luckily this week, I don't even have to do my thing because we're going to turn it over to our, our lovely patron and friend, Matthew Licari, a.k.a. Boogs, to just tell us what's up about our show. So, <gasps> ladies and gentlemen, Matthew Licari. <laughs> Thanks, fellas. You are listening to the real science cast where these three doctors are about to analyze the science and films that you request. You're about to hear some dirty, dirty words, and it is not safe for children. Seriously. They're about to use the words like victorious and sperm. So strap the fucking cowboys and cowgirls and you gender neutral cows. Yeah! Wow. Wow. <laughs> was did that sound different this time? I think it's almost yeah. like Yeah. Yeah. It, I, it, did. I, it he, might just be because it's 2020 now. But it does sound say, different. Yeah. It's got that He's, like 2020, yeah, like vibe. You know, it's got it's that. It's got that new car smell. He sounded older, more mature. I would say, which which for him is is not really a whole lot. Like, you know, given how who he given the way his voice sounds, but it's fine. It kind of reminds me of like opening a bag of celery at the grocery store and just <laughs> seeing that no one's taking any bites out of it. You know, like it's that real 2020 vibe. You don't leave the celery stock that you bit off. Okay. Any, the point is, Pace, don't no, talk on do Matthew Lacari. He made this nice thing for us. He's very sweet. We love him so much. Thank you very much, Matt. All right. Well, I guess, guys, it's time to do the plot summary. Uh, so Kenan did the plot for 2001 Space Odyssey, so he's exempt from the role. So Pace, mm-hmm. yeah, it's you and me rolling to, for the, 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 the victory. This one's for all the marbles. having to do the plot. Let's do it. Let's do it. Oh. That's a, that's a two. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I, got a, I got a one. Whoa. Um, you definitely have to do <laughs> Absolutely. I definitely do. Um, Thankfully, I recently watched this movie and finished it about 15 minutes ago. So, well, that's good. I'm glad you weren't like planning to show up for the podcasting coast on like having seen this in 1998 or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, like, I could have done that. Oh, yeah. There's like a doctor in it or something. I think there's a dog. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is a uh, this is a movie about in short, it's a it's a tra- it's a, tra- it's a tragedy. It's a it's, it's a oh. tragic film. Um, okay. Except for it's not. This movie is a tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. So the premise is we mm-hmm. 
uh, we go in on our our, our main character, uh, Wayne Selinsky, played by Rick Moranis, and he is. Uh, what I guess I would describe his scientific field as material science or engineering. Um, you know, something I guess mechanical engineering, maybe a physicist. I think maybe a yeah, probably with yeah, just you know, all the sciences that we aren't essentially. Is I would everything say Rick he's Moranis just like. Is. I would say he's more of just an entrepreneur. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of the, whatever field he is in. He's in the same field as uh dr brainerd from flubber like they both work oh absolutely on the yeah. same thing yeah they're, they're called citizen scientists yeah <laughs> they it's both called... break the law by taking all their materials home and building yes. shit in their house yeah it's yes. called wacky material science <laughs> so in case it wasn't clear uh rick moranis ha- is attempting to build a shrink ray in the attic of his home in the suburbs uh to the joy of his wife and two children um and mm. uh his wife is a realtor and she has her other things that are going on and there is clearly some uh s- some family troubles that are happening because of his work and their family dynamic and things aren't getting taken care of the house is a mess you know it's just it's just messy and so um we come in it's a weekend you know you're 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 mm-hmm. hanging out you're sh- trying to shrink things with your shrink ray mm-hmm. and uh, Rick Moranis' character is is going to speak about his technology at a conference, and he's leaving the kids at home to take care of the house because their mom is coming home. Got to clean it up, make sure it's all in tip top shape for mommy. Um, meanwhile, the ma- the neighbors um, who also have two kids are about to go on a fishing trip. Uh, very different families, both have their faults, um, and essentially what happens. Uh, is that the shrink ray, which has been malfunctioning up up to this point, it's been blowing up things mm-hmm. as opposed to shrinking them. One of the neighbor kids uh, hits a baseball into the attic window where the shrink ray is kept. And the baseball just happens to operate and turn on the shrinking ray. And the baseball lands in the path of the laser which I suppose is important to the function of, of the shrinking ray, I guess. Right? A la- There's just a, a laser. A laser. <laughs> um, and, and so it starts shrinking things. It starts shrinking couches. Um, well, mostly couches. And so <clears throat> this, uh, through, through a sequence of events, um, the two kids, the two uh, kids of, the, uh, of uh, Rick Moranis' character, Nick and Amy, uh, mm-hmm. get done shrunk uh, as well as the two neighbor kids Ron and Russ uh, who had come over to apologize about hitting the baseball into their home also get shrunk shrunk and now they're all shrunk shrunk and um, this leads to them realizing now they're shrunk and now in a world of terror uh, and their dad gets home and has no idea where they are and he goes upstairs he gets very angry that his talk didn't go well at the conference. No one believes him that his shrink ray works. And so he he begins just thrashing his his uh, shrinking ray technology um, and hitting it out of anger and frustration. Parts are going everywhere. He then goes to clean it up. And in the process of sweeping up the dust and the debris, he sweeps up his children and the neighbor's <laughs> children. He does. And they are taken outside in a trash bag at the opposite end of the yard. He puts his the, kids in the garbage. After yep. he puts his kids in the garbage where they fucking belong, uh, he wow. 
the, the kids, uh, the four kids are now on a voyage across the yard to get back to the house. This, uh, I'm going to kind of montage this next bit because uh, they essentially encounter a wide range of, of, of difficulties. Uh, a backyard becomes what's essentially um, an Amazonian trek uh, through the rainforest. And nice. they encounter dangerous insects, uh, a lawnmower, uh, sprinklers, uh, feet, all the things that you think could be dangerous if you're shrunk in a backyard. Mm-hmm. Yes. So... Eventually, they make it back to the house, and they are discovered after latching on to the dog to get actually back inside to their home. They are finally revealed uh, as being shrunk whenever Nick, the youngest of all chillins, ends up in a bowl of Cheerios. Um, that their dad, thankfully, sees him before he eats him. <clears throat> and throughout this whole time, like the dad, Rick Moranis, he's 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 freaking out because he finds out they've been shrunk. He's going to all these weird effort to try to find them in the yard without actually stepping on the yard. It's very good and pure humor. Um, lots of people getting hurt sort of humor, the good stuff that families love. And uh, that, that's that's essentially it. They become unshrunk and everyone is, is happy and, and good. That's the movie. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. is pretty much the movie. That is. And they don't get along with the neighbors, but they become friends at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, what a yeah, touching family film. Family also, I, I wanted to make a comment because like there there is an implication made that there's strife in the marriage uh, between our two lovable main characters. Uh, yes. And then the entire movie shows them both being very supportive and kind to one, one another. Like there's literally zero. They don't show you any issues issues between these two people. Like, well, the wife is not at home, right? She's busy. She's doing some shit. But also, she's, like, upset with him and all the times that it, time he spends, like, uh, working on his project. But then also called him and was like, hey, you got your conference thing today. Hope everything goes okay. Like, you know, I just wanted to call. Wish you good luck. I'll be home later. Da-da-da-da-da. And then when uh, later on, when he talks about the shrinking rate, she's like, oh, my God, it works. This is great. Like... There's there's yeah. not really the same like level of uh, implied distress like th- there isn't something like flubber. You there know is, what I mean? There is not. And I you know yeah. I, I was about to say that you can't have marital strife in a Disney movie, but you just mentioned a Disney movie that admittedly came out eight years later that did have marital strife. You can't have marital strife pre nineteen ninety in movies, Kenan. You can't have Meryl Streep in a Disney movie. You can't have Mer- <laughs> You can't have. Meryl Streep. You can't have Meryl Streep in a movie about marital strife because mm-hmm. that just that would just is too much to talk about with the M's and the S words. It's not so, a bad yeah. thing. They were just like, oh yeah, we're having trouble. And then I watched the whole movie and I was like, I don't believe you. Where's the trouble? <laughs> yeah. like, why are well, you so they loving? Did say she she left to go stay at like her mom's. Her mom's. That's yeah. why she was yes. gone. Mm-hmm. Which is fair. Yeah. But then they were like I don't know. Yeah, they true, were great. Right. Like <laughs> she just loves that they well, can drink shit now. She's yeah. so stoked for it. It's She's fixed like, everything. Be fucking rich. Yeah. When, whenever your kids are 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 threatened, their safety oh. compromised, you forget all that bad stuff. That's and true. You just focus on the children. Those parental instincts ki- uh, kicked in, and they were like, "We gotta, yeah. we gotta hunt down these little babies. We gotta hold our shit okay. together for the sake of guys." Guys, mm-hmm. yes, it's science time. Okay, let's do, do look it. At, okay. Look at the clock. Oh shit! It's science o'clock. Oh, Kenan, explain to the audience 
how you were able to create an exact replica shrink ray and shrink me with it. <laughs> All right. So what I did is I hooked a lot of computers together and okay. I uh, built uh, a very large gun that throws electricity uh, with the okay. specific Sounds intent good. for shrinking. I initially included a laser for reasons. <laughs> for yeah. Just <laughs> because it needed one. But you had a yeah, you had sure. the laser and you were like, what am I gonna not put a laser right. on my giant gun? Yeah. Like, come I, on. Also, like among other things, I need to know where the gun's pointing. So like I think it's kind of it's a given. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Turns out once I got rid of the laser, I stopped blowing up Sean's, and then I managed to shrink this one uh down to a very small size. And the principle behind it is very simple. All I do is reduce the space between Sean's molecules, uh, huh. thereby making him smaller. Oh, that's just how Wayne Zielinski did it. Yes, correct. You know what is kind of I'm still like a little fuzzy about mm -hmm. um, how that uh, bullshit actually worked because <laughs> I was actually shrunk. But that's definitely not that. That's just not how that works. Or right? there's all this space. I, what do you mean, John? There's all the space between molecules that I just I made the spaces smaller. And now you're okay. a small boy or you oh, were. Okay. All right. Well, you got me, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, do you have some evidence to the contrary? Is there is there some reason why that wouldn't well, work? Well, I was looking up some stuff, Kenan. Mm -hmm. um, as you do. So when we're thinking about space between molecules, I guess people are really thinking about space within an atom a lot of the time, mm -hmm. right? Like between the electrons. So I guess let, let's 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 start over. Here's what an atom is. <laughs> <It's> got, <laughs> Hit me. That's a good idea. It's got protons and neutrons, and then around it is a cloud of electrons, mm -hmm. okay? And between all of these small subatomic molecules, there is empty space. But the empty space is there because these molecules are charged, and they have different uh, forces, like physical properties of just existing in our world. Um, that they are exerting on one another. So, like, you can't have two electrons just, like, float together without something bad happening. Mm -hmm. Like, they're both negatively charged, so they repel each other. So, I don't really understand how you could remove this space, because the space is there as a, like, physical property of the way molecules work in our universe. Yeah, it's also worth noting... Um, sorry, I now that you've revealed the holes in my... My science, I have it's to mm. admit Defend that it. I don't know how it works at all because you're right. Uh, what I made up, what I said earlier is just bullshit. Um, okay. Just wait, wait, wait. So Rick Moranis' machine was bullshit. Yeah. He is shrinking through some other means. I assume it's just a lot of electricity. Um, and if you do Which it, would definitely <laughs> shrink stuff. Which would definitely shrink things. By just blowing the top half of the <laughs> body apart, and then you're left with a half person. Something to also keep in mind about these atoms, too, is that, as Sean said, they're surrounded by electrons. And electrons are very fucking strange in that... Uh, you need principles of quantum mechanics in order to describe how they move and how they behave. And one thing that's a very small part of that is the fact that electrons operate under what's known as a Heis the Heisenberg uncertainty principle, um, which, among other things, describes the fact that electrons are basically everywhere at once. When you measure mm, wherever, right. if you look for an electron, there it is. And it's because they're moving very, very quickly at the speed of light about uh, the outer area of an atom, so outside of an atom. Uh, forming this cloud 
which is effectively constantly occupied by those electrons. So again, like because they're effectively all over the place at once, all over the outside of this, the core of this atom, the nucleus, uh, then you're not going to fit anything else in there. Right. It's, they're defined by a probability of location. Mm-hmm. So like mm. they're places where they're more likely to be, but they don't just occupy a single space. So mm-hmm. it's functionally as if the space isn't actually there anyway. Yeah. You also um, like this is getting in a little bit more into that nitty gritty, but um, the one of the uh, horrifying truths about science is that when you learn enough about physics uh, and molecular motion, you realize everything around you is constantly vibrating all the time, um, which is just mm-hmm. kind of it's really good I don't for know. my anxiety. Yeah, it's like it's kind of harrowing to think about. Uh, but those atoms are all moving very, very quickly. Uh, and there's a lot of them. Like every every space around us is actually molecularly crowded because we're not in a vacuum. So the air that you breathe is full of molecules. Uh, your body is full of molecules. Yes, you have cells in there with all sorts of other gamish inside of them. But that also includes water. Gamish. So like molecules are very, very close together all the time. And we're restricted by getting them closer together because of the basic properties of atoms that Sean was just discussing. You can't you can't fit no more space in there. Right, exactly. Like the space is like a function of the properties of the atom. So, but let's like, let's uh, hypothesize a little bit here because mm-hmm. even okay. though his, his um, machine may be bullshit, you know, people didn't believe Einstein, right, Kenan? So that's what Wayne, Wayne said. That's what that's what Wayne that's, said. That <laughs> is People true. didn't believe Einstein. Yes. He does shrink his kids. Mm-hmm. And so even though it's not by the way that he says, because that doesn't work, what what would be like the ramifications of this, Kenan? Because you were talking about it earlier, and I feel like Yeah. I feel like there's some pretty buck wild things that they've glossed over in this movie. So one thing that our audience uh should keep in mind is principles of density. Um, so there are basically like how, how much of a specific type of matter or multiple types of matter, like are actually physically close together without the inclusion of other molecules. Very, very dense things like, uh, iron are dense because they are arranged, right? They're structured in a way Mm -hmm. that allows the atoms Mm -hmm. to be as close together as humanly possible. Um, so very dense things, typically very, very heavy. There is more matter inside dense things. So... These little baby boys and baby girl that get shrunk down, if we say that Wayne is right, and we say that he's managed to shrink the space between atoms, eschewing all of the other shit that John and Apace and myself have talked about that prevents this, uh, they still have the same amount of matter inside their little baby bodies. Um, Which means he's now made teeny tiny, compact, 90-pound ant people. So what would have proceeded for this entire film would be... That there were 90 to 110 pound teeny, teeny, tiny human beings stomping around on God's green earth, leaving behind them a trail of devastation. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like they would still be super strong. Yes. Like they would, they would just have regular size. Well, I guess maybe not the strength because the volume ratio, but like. I think I'm thinking more along the lines of applied pressure, right? So right, yeah. if we if we want to work with some like base principles here, imagine a thin piece of wood and you kind of slap a book onto it. Uh, the book can weigh however uh, however much, but you're hitting it pretty hard. Uh, but that force is spread out over the entire area of that the surface of that book. Now, if you take a nail and do the exact same thing, applying the same amount of force, 
the nail is going to go through the wood because you're applying that same force in a very, very small surface area. So there's more pressure associated with that action. So what I'm getting at is that when these little babies were walking around on the floorboards upstairs, there would be 90 pounds of pressure focused onto the head of a pin every time they took a step. And they would just be <laughs> cracking floorboards beneath them, splintering concrete, destroying the the yard. If one of them <laughs> fell to the ground, they would create a crater. Dude, imagine if one of these guys, one of these kids just decided to jump into the air. Like, yes, yes. They, they have like basically very minimal air resistance because yes. they're super tiny and <laughs> there's not a lot of wind resistance but they can just like launch themselves into the air with their actual like muscle mass that yes. they have you know there there is a scene where one of them jumps onto an ant that that child would have gone through the ant like a bullet crushed <laughs> crushed the <laughs> they would have destroyed everything they came in contact with so they would have been they would have been the force to be reckoned with in the, in the yard. That bee would have come up to them and they would have just fucking comet punched it. Like, yes. They would have one-punched yeah. man the bee. Nice. This this discussion makes me think of something, though, because... Hit me. It's... it's you are talking about, like, the relative densities of things, right? And mm-hmm. as far as I can tell, you're saying that the relative strength of these humans, given the density, would have been the same as when they were their original size? I don't know if the strength would be the same, but definitely the force of force, their like weight right, of their would weight. be the same. Well, so it, like it the strength think... would probably be so I guess that's a function of the size of your muscles. Yes. Also, mm-hmm. so the muscles are physically smaller, so you have way less uh leverage, I guess, to use, but you would still be somewhat strong, right? Like, you got so many fucking molecules packed in your arms. Yeah, I right. guess, like, also, I, I, this is a, this would be difficult to unpack, right? Because, like, yeah, as Sean was saying, you'd have very dense muscle mass for your size. So, relatively speaking, you have the same amount of muscle, but also your, like, leverage and ability to actually move things... Um, that are much, much larger than you is different, even though you weigh way more. So I don't know what the cross-section is between, like, I'm strong enough normally to break a board with my fist. If I'm much smaller, Mm -hmm. I... Yeah, I took karate. Um, If I'm much smaller, I have the same amount of muscle, and I weigh the same. So theoretically, there's the same amount of force behind that punch. It's just in a much, much smaller area, which means the pressure of the hit is a lot higher. But also, I, I still have regular-ass bones. So I don't know <laughs> if they would just be like also <laughs> splintering their body every time they touch something. Well, this made me think of, ironically, another highly relevant example in the movie, which is the ant, mm-hmm. right? Yes, anti, I believe. Anti. They encounter an ant in I want the to- backyard. I want to make something perfectly clear before you continue. They call this motherfucker okay. Anty, and Paul Rudd mm-hmm. whips out Anthony completely effortlessly in his first Ant-Man movie, and I cannot believe how dumb these fucking kids are. Well, <laughs> it's a Disney movie, you know. Actually, <laughs> so is so is Ant-Man. So, well, what are you going to do? True. Um, Please continue. Sorry. Well, no, I was just going to say it, it, ants are obviously rel- are, are very, very, very super strong for their size, right? Mm-hmm. And I was reading about this, and apparently it's because uh, they are super strong because their bodies, they have these these exoskeletons, right? Their bodies are so light 
relative to the amount of muscle that they have. So they don't mm-hmm. have to they, they can they can apply all their strength to lifting objects rather than keeping their bodies afloat. Whereas humans are bags of water. So we have to use our muscles to keep uh to to keep basically everything intact within our big old bags of flesh. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, which is apparently why that is, but that seems unrelated to the topic of the relative densities of the shrunken versus non-shrunken humans. Well, that does that does that is a good point. What, like pace, because like we still like our skeletal structure and our muscles do hold our body shape up, but like for bugs, that's not a thing, right? They have an exoskeleton, right. so they're just full of fluid inside the exoskeleton instead right. of like being a bunch of organs and muscles and stuff, just like ta- essentially just super glued to bones. That's yeah, really right. all. But bu- bugs are just bags of fluid covered in tape. <laughs> no, we're, we're bags of fluid with tape on our bones. Humans and bugs are the same. There's a lot of <laughs> okay. tape holding us together. All right. That's not, there's not a lot of science in this movie. Like, let's be honest. Everyone knew what they were getting into when they, when they clicked on this episode and said, honey, I shrunk the kids. You, you, you know, what did they you knew, expect? They knew what was up. <laughs> Yeah, but I think I think we did a pretty good job with the science in this movie. Yeah, I mean, I kind of feel bad about describing density earlier as there's just more stuff in there, but I mean, that's <laughs> I mean, like that's, more stuff in a smaller amount of space. True, yeah. though. <laughs> I mean, it is mass per unit volume, which is a better way of saying that. But uh, fuck it, I don't know. You just take a bunch of stuff and then you cram it into less you space. Put more stuff in it. And that's it. <laughs> that's it. That's like that's something that. Um, Oh my God! Who's Polysaur's character in Encino Man? Buddy Stony? You mean Stony? Stony? Stony. How could you forget that's Stony? Something, that's that's something he would say for sure. Well, why don't we just hit on some of the like the last few patchwork things about the science of the movie? So yeah, hit um, me. Give me some details. Okay. So uh, this is this is some of these things are more sciencey, some are not. So one thing that I thought was strange was how uh, whenever the kids were taken out to a trash bag. Mm-hmm. They, they show from the outside view, just a camera on a trash bag. Yes. A piece of, a piece of glass, a large piece of glass. that was probably a couple inches high, mm-hmm. um, ripping through the trash bag. Now, Nick says the smallest of the children and also the smartest of the children, uh, that they are approximately a quarter inch in height. And I'm wondering, I'm imagining all four of these kids, holding this like piece of glass shard and like right. falling down it as it's like pulling down the, the trash bag like a fucking uh like a fucking Dr. Doom's doom drop in 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 Universal Studios. I'm just very unsure as to how they accomplished this. That was a pull. It. I thought you were going to go with like, you know, when like <laughs> Peter Pan slides down Captain Hook's sail with a knife. That would have been like, good too, I guess, yeah. but <laughs> keeping the Disney references like the Dr. same. Dr. Doom's doom drop. I don't know if it's called that. It's definitely not two dooms in a row. Hold on. Let me look up what Dr. this fucker's called. Dr. Doom's Doomsday Doom Drop. <laughs> Dr. Sorry. <laughs> it's Dr. Doom's. It's Dr. Doom Fearfall at Universal. That's a terrible name. <laughs> it's what it is. Okay. Go go yell at Universal Studios. Oh, Dr. Fine. Doom's Fun Fall. My... Fun Fall. I'm tired enough to where uh, you guys have said uh, a couple things, and now my brain is uh, screaming Stony the Tiger, which is there's, there's a joke in there somewhere. Oh my God. And <laughs> yep. uh, Dr. Doomlittle, uh, also a joke somewhere. Dr. Doomlittle. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty good. I like They're that. They're great. I'll get back to you once I figure <laughs> oh, out what wow. the funny stuff is. Yes, please do. What the funny I, stuff so, is. So, Pace, about your question, 
not yeah. question, query, whatever. I also so that is a good point, but at least if if they like hang on to it, like they have a bunch of mass, so they could just like fall down, mm-hmm. drag for, sure, for sure. Yes, it's 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 positioning the the piece of glass to where they can yeah lift right the bag. lifting it <laughs> yeah. Well, so there's that, and there's also the fact that like they weigh, they should in theory weigh the same size, the same weight they did before. If they <laughs> fall from like. I don't know. I feel like they're going to get some rough and tumble fucking well, injuries. That. I just realized with Rick Moranis trying to carry this bag outside, it should have been him just like trying to drag four humans plus the trash <laughs> outside yeah. of the front yeah, yeah, of the yeah. lawn. <laughs> no, he would have he would have noticed it the minute he picked them up with a dustpan. And, yeah. and, and then he was like, unable oh, to lift the dustpan. Oh, that would have been fucking great. He, that would have been really good. just like, what yeah. the fuck? The dustpan just yeah. snaps in half. Yeah, the yes. handle would have snapped off. And his children mm-hmm. then would have blown a hole through his attic floor and landed on the first floor. A couple yeah, more things. The movie is highly accurate as of about five minutes in mm-hmm. um, because Rick Moranis' experiment failed. <laughs> because yeah. that's how all experiments go. <laughs> that is correct. So, highly accurate in regards to that. Also can confirm, you guys may think that Rick Moranis was uh, a little hasty in his uh, destruction of his device, but as a man who has broken many things in a laboratory out of pure (laughs) rage, I can tell you that uh, that's also accurate. Well, and he said he'd been working on it for five years, right? So That's even worse. Is the fucking, like postman like showing up to their house just with like oh yeah did you order these laser fucking parts like i'm sure we can just ship all this through the mail and bring it to your house like there's got to be some checks and balances there his his amazon recommendations are like are you interested in four miles of copper wire (laughs) how about some more lasers he's probably got the laser as like a flash sale he was like, yeah, I'll throw this laser on here. Why not? He, he did say that uh, he was applying for grants. He's hoping to get grants. So apparently he bought all this stuff with grant money. <laughs> yeah, he's hoping to get more grants because he has used all of his money <laughs> to build this like, fucking shrink ray. I don't understand this like house scientist like sort of persona thing where the, like the scientist just l- like works out of their basement or attic because they're just yeah. so into fucking science yeah, and they work at a university probably, but they don't it's have any aesthetic. space to work. It's really it's weird. Like Dexter's lab. You know what scientists like us uh, say when we hear that people have been doing science out of their house of this nature? We say that person's fucking crazy. Yeah, they're fucking crazy. <laughs> Rick Moranis deserved the reaction he got at the yeah. conference he went to. You're no Einstein, dick. And then they just get up and leave. You're I'm psychopath. going to lunch. It <laughs> <laughs> does say that, doesn't it? <laughs> yes. Um, last thing we'll mention, then we can go on to the readings, is that oh, yeah. um, Nick is is allergic to pollen. He's also allergic to ants. But it, mm-hmm. it would make sense oh. that, the, that the pollen would not go inside his little tiny nose nose because he's too small now. That's true. Yeah, and he actually mentions that in the... Uh, in the movie, which is accurate. The allergens mm-hmm. are no longer small enough to the point where they can interact with uh, interact with, his little, with the mucous membranes and is a little nosy. Would you be able to smell anything if you were that small? Yes, because like individual molecules are still very, very small. Right. But yes, like but it's pollen the is large. Larger. So yeah, that makes sense. Are we fucking we did we did some science on this. I we did. Honestly, I would say that out of all of the boy, 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 no, oh shit, <laughs> I guess we're in the ratings. <laughs> We've arrived. It's so weird that like Kenan interrupted himself to do the ratings. I can't stop yeah. when they come. The ratings, know. the ratings are here. They're here, and that's that. 
Who wants to go first? I can go first. I asked that because it's not me. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly, yes. (laughs) I am going to give, for the science rating of this film, this one was kind of a tricky one because there wasn't a whole lot to work with, right? I mean, shrinking technology is is not exactly real. Not exactly. We'll get into that (laughs) with a listener question. Um, Not exactly. Not exactly real. Uh, But I mean... (sighs) They they have a couple. No, it's like a it's like a two out of ten. I'm gonna give it a two out of ten. A one right. out of five yep. is what I'm gonna do. I mean, this is what. But this movie was not. This movie was not attempting to be scientifically accurate. It was just attempting to be entertaining, and it's a Disney film for a family. Attempting. Um, yeah, I mean, so um, lasers do blow things up. So that's a that's that's a start. That's a start yep. at some science. Dude, I've used lasers a lot, Pace, and I've never blown anything up. Hey, you can make it happen. It's hot enough. Also, uh, to Sean's point, this was a uh, red laser, which doesn't heat shit up. A red laser would not do yeah. that. No. Yeah. You need um, something on the further, uh, closer to the blue or the violet spectrum in order to actually inflict any damage. Yeah. So, I mm-hmm. mean, it, this movie is not scientific. Uh, I'm just going to leave it at leave it at that. Um for the entertainment, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a a, a four out of five. I am. <laughs> wow! <laughs> I love it. I love it, Pace. I mean, this movie is pure, just like is is pure unadulterated comedic gold, right? Like in regard, in, I mean that in regards to like when this movie came out in 1989 as a family film. Oh my god! The, the, hum- the humor is all just sort of like dumb, stupid goof, um, v- like. Falling down, getting hit by things, um, humor, right? It's not, it's not mature humor. It's very basic, crude, instinctual human humor. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still kind of funny. And I mean, I, I'm, I think I'm just going to leave it at that. So <clears throat> it's also only 90 minutes, so it's easy to watch. That's true. It's digestible. It's highly digestible. <laughs> yes. How about you, Sean? Let's keep this rolling, okay. baby. I am going to also give it a 2 out of 10 on the science. I think there's two science things. One of them is the shrinking. One of them is the pollen. They got the pollen thing right. They got the shrinking thing wrong. <laughs> and it was so bad as the premise of the movie that that's worth 9 points out of 10. Mm-hmm. So, or 8 points. So there, I'm going to give it a 2 out of 10. Entertainment. And then as far as, as, far as the entertainment, I'm going to give it... I'm going to give it like a like a 7 out of 10. Yeah, 7 out of 10. Wow. I I mean, I loved this movie when I was a kid. Same. Um, Same. Ken is just mad because there wasn't the line about potassium in it, but you can I, tell I was them expecting about it that. the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what but, movie is that from? That's from Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves. It's from you the sure? third one. So I, they, the kids are like having a party and shit, right? Yeah, the like, kids are having oh, a party because no. they think the I parents are happy potassium, sure. So I am do giving it a seven out of ten mm-hmm. because it's it's not a bad movie. I mean, like, listen, there's a part where Russ Thompson tells his son to lift weights. And then he like strains his face out, and he's like, "Hey, that was pretty <laughs> make sure you lift with your legs, not your back." And then grabs his back and grunts in yeah. pain and walks away. Mm-hmm. And you're like, "All yeah, right, these funny. are some good, that some is funny. good family bad jokes." Uh-huh. Exactly. So. All right, all right, Kenan, what's up? Uh, I'm gonna go very quickly. I'm gonna give this a one out of five for the science, um, for the reasons yeah, previously stated. Uh, also, I'm gonna give this. Uh, I liked it when I was a kid, but I'm gonna give this a low entertainment rating because of my new adult brain that I have. Uh, I'm gonna give this <laughs> a, right. a two out of five uh, for two right. reasons. Right. 
one, the movie would have been way better if they had stuck with the principles we were talking about and all the kids were super dense and they were basically fucking superhuman. Um, <laughs> that would have been also, better, yes. Also, none mm-hmm. of the casting directors could find a single black person in 1989, and I didn't like that at all because uh, this is not Fair. a diverse cast. No, it's not. Okay, all right. Teach his own. Well, guys... As is tradition, I have to read the quotes for this movie. <laughs> I, I like that you say as is tradition, and we've done it maybe three times, and we've forgotten it to do the last two times. Oh, uh, that's because there was no fucking dialogue in 20, 2001 Space Odyssey. <laughs> um, Canon, can you do the jingle, please? Oh, yeah. All right. Um, dun, 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 dun. Here comes Sean the Man. He's going to read some quotes and put them in your ears. Uh, because he's got experience with doing that type of thing. His wife's an audiologist. Hey, thank you. Thanks. Welcome to Sean's Quotes. Here's segment. verse two. It's coming oh, to, okay. it to you. <laughs> what, what, sorry, let me just mute this track. Sorry, guys. Uh, thanks. Welcome to the quote segment. We got one Rotten Tomatoes quote for you this week, and just stick with it because it's a doozy. So the quote is by Nick Zelensky, and the quote starts with parentheticals that says, his father opens his mouth and tries to eat him. Don't eat me is the quote (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i feel like there were more parentheticals than the actual quote from the movie that's but amazing i uh, do you mind i don't want to step on your toes here but um i found a couple of other quotes that i'd like to read from oh my.disney.com um sure let me just jingle you in yep here comes canon he's got some quotes Mm -hmm. and this is the song for Cannon's Quote Corner. Nice. All right. Well, hi, everyone. Welcome to Cannon's Quote Corner. Uh, Here's verse two. Oh. <laughs> We're gonna play the <laughs> jingle. Sorry, let me, I, I left this on. Let me mute this real quick. So uh, this uh, article is entitled Our Favorite Quotes from Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. And I'm just going to read two of them. One of my favorite ones uh, out of this one is uh, help, help. <laughs> That's the whole quote there, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> help, help. But Very I think specific. Specific. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Do you guys know when that was from? It's from over there. The, let's see, Matt. Sorry, Russ and Nick were uh, were flying on the bee. <laughs> Was, are you sure they weren't being repressed? Nice, good reference. <laughs> uh, I want to read this last quote real quick because I think it's the cornerstone of this article. Uh, and the quote is, "I shrunk the kids." Yeah, uh, I mean that's uh, that's in the title, so that's really bad iconic. when that's the best quote. It's technically <laughs> a quote from the movie. Like, it's better than the other two, but it's still just shitty <laughs> shitty so i guess what i'm saying is anyone can be a writer so get out there kids and do it yeah go live your dreams hell yeah do we want to do some mm-hmm. listener questions i want to answer some yes. good questions but i think that's a great idea oh yeah yes uh we have some questions on twitter uh that are related to this movie believe it or not from at abnormal mormon on twitter curtis ryan tegraw friend of the oh, show a friend of the show hmm is there anything out there in current science that is analogous to shrink ray technology? Um, I, yeah. I found one thing that I'll just run by you guys real quick. Do it, because I don't know the answer to this. I mean, I think the short answer is no, because this the, the answer I have is, is in a very limited and confined context. So mm-hmm. apparently there are researchers at MIT um, that... They, they have developed this process. It's, it's called implosion fabrication, which is essentially <laughs> apparently okay. the opposite of something called expansion microscopy. Um, but, the, but the point is what they do here 
they have these like specialized small structures that they that they make. These are tailored, engineered, small mechanical structures. And so what they do is, and again, this is a this is a, a news article, so it's not as heavy in the science jargon as I would like it to be. Um, but apparently, the scientists will attach "quote unquote" special molecules, which block negative charges between molecules, so they no longer repel one another, which makes them contract together. And so, this this is only limited in regards to the particular type of material they've created in which this can work. But it's synthetic, so you could use it for things like I like I imagine it would have applications in like nanotechnology nanorobotics by like molecular medicine maybe like medical devices or something if you could leverage this to make things smaller than they should be according to normal inorganic chemistry um i'll I'll buy that but sure that's enough hand waving at the end to convince me of it (laughs) sure i'm very good at that at being a phd so um (laughs) so we do i thought that was interesting i mean it's it's just incredibly limited because you can't just do it to anything you have to create the exact right environment in order yeah. to be able to induce this on these 3d structures i mean so. it, yeah it really like depends i guess on like what how lenient you want to be right like you could vacuum seal stuff and it shrinks down because <laughs> you suck all the air out of it so <laughs> yeah I mean, that's just, like you could just suck all the air out of your children and then make them smaller yeah i oh, mean they would be dead me. but they would be a little smaller i guess that's true yeah in the lung region. <laughs> I would like to also answer this question um, because shrinking technology was uh, much like our friend Wayne Zielinski, uh was developed in the 80s with, I don't know if you guys remember Shrinky Dinks, but um, yes, I definitely remember Shrinky Dinks. That's it. That's shrinking technology. It's existed whole for thing. a very long time. That's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. How did okay. we miss this? Asked and answered. Mm-hmm. How did we miss this? And also was the advent of the Easy Bake Oven because it's just the same goddamn thing. Which is great. <laughs> Wait, did the Easy Bake Oven shrink stuff? No, but it's just like a little box you put in, put stuff in, it gets really hot. Well, I mean, it's just the same. Oh, I was like, wait a second. <laughs> what kind of fucking you're, Easy think, Bake Oven were you using? I think you're thinking about the Easy Shrink Oven. That's yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, That's the one. You're, I think you're thinking you're of the Difficult Shrink Oven. The Shrinky Bake uh, Oven. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> yes. do we have any other questions? Yeah, let's do something else. Um, This is one's more subjective. What would be the worst slashed best the worst or best thing, worst and best thing about being shrunk. Mm. Uh, being able to make craters with your every movement. Yeah, if we're sticking <laughs> with, you know, the real science interpretation with this, uh, I would destroy the earth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But For if we're going with the honey, I shrink the kids interpretation. I mean, yes. like, I would probably pick something better than an oatmeal cream pie to just like fucking go swimming in because it looked really grody in the movie. Like it was too big. I was yeah. like, this looks uh, this looks like a chore, you know. But like, yeah, but everything at that big is is kind of terrifying. Also, I will say too, and uh, so there's a scene at the end where a uh, uh, little boy number one uh, falls into milk uh, and is almost consumed by his father, which might be the first vor scene. Um, in a movie, but <laughs> almost forcing. He is very, very small, and at that size, uh, liquid tension is different. So I don't know if he is small enough for this to occur. But ants have trouble with this, and he was smaller than an ant. But uh, he would have had difficulty breaking the surface tension of the milk uh, after he had fallen down under the surface, and he might have actually just died in the milk because he would not have would been it, able to surface from the water. Would he have sunk in the milk in the first place? That's true. I mean, if we're saying that he is strong, then yes. He would make it up That's out true. of the milk. That's true. Yeah, good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he'd 
he'd fall to the bottom of the bowl and then shoot out of the milk like a fucking laser beam. <laughs> yeah, well, he would he would put his feet on the bottom of the bowl and jump and then just kick his little feet on like through the bowl. Yeah, the bowl would just smash in half. Yes. <laughs> So. I like this, like this alternate take on Honey I Shrunk the Kids. I kind of want to see this movie you, where the kids good. are just like fucking I like little miniature it. wrecking balls. <laughs> I know. Last time we recorded, we had a whole bunch of questions from a uh, friend of the show, Sarah Eisenlore. Uh, do we want to read some we of those? We do. Yeah, sure. let's do that. Uh, let's see here. I think we have a few quite a quite a few options here. Thank you, Sarah. Um, the first one is mm-hmm. how does smell move why is it hard for dogs to smell things hidden in corners why does rain wash away smells but wet things are smellier oh it really sucks we don't have anybody on this podcast who can talk about that i wish you know we don't have any nose people we could take a break from this maybe and then like come back to it after we talk to some experts (laughs) can stop your bullshitting (laughs) let me talk about smell all right hit us i didn't actually work on smell but i worked on taste and they're very similar so when you smell things there are little like small amounts of aerosolized particles going up into your nasal cavity and binding to cells that have receptors for these molecules Mm-hmm. So basically, when you smell something that smells like vanilla, there's a molecule in vanilla called euganol, and it uh, will essentially just like float up into the air or get sprayed up into the air, and you will like inhale it into your nasal passage, and your cells will detect it and tell your brain it smells like vanilla. So that's how smell works in general. I have no idea about dogs and smelling in corners. I didn't know that was a thing um from what i understand dogs have very good senses of smell but that doesn't mean it's not slightly different than people Mm -hmm. um so they may i I honestly don't know about the comparison between dogs and people and it's possible that they can smell the same things but maybe they just don't have the same priorities they don't care about what they're smelling as much yeah i know that the the major distinction between how dogs are able to smell and how humans are able to smell is uh their perception so their olfactory perception so dogs can smell and think like hold the concept of what something smells like uh in their brain on more for more than one thing so human beings like generally when they smell you smell for a specific thing and you can only like register that you're smelling a single type of smell at once it's one of the reasons why like Whenever um, like sommeliers or people who are super into whiskey and are terrible at parties uh, like smell things, they sniff it multiple times looking for different notes uh, over and over and over again. It's because you can't hold the concept of more than one smell in your brain at once, but dogs can. Um, So I guess what I'm saying uh, is that dogs would be uh, the world's best sommeliers. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. It's that (laughs) that may be true. It is true. true. (laughs) It is true. I will, if it's not true, I will rescind that claim on the next podcast. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. I, I also just want to say, if, if you do Google, <laughs> is it is it hard for dogs to smell in corners? The first thing that comes up is a Psychology Today article entitled, Why Do Dogs Like to Sniff Crotches? So, <laughs> <laughs> it's basically the same thing. They get the corner between their legs. Hell yeah. Um, so I can answer the rain question also is like, so because smell is particles that have been floating into the air um, when it's raining, sometimes those particles get caught up in the rain and they get driven down to the ground. So they're just not going to be floating in the air as much. So it's not that you can't smell 
um, while it's raining. It's just that there might be less particles floating around for you to inhale. Yeah. Also, hmm. I think in general, humans have a worse sense of smell compared to dogs. And part of it is just because the human nasal cavity is just very weirdly like it's we haven't evolved to rely on our smell as much as dogs do. So like they're closer to the ground. They can like stick their face in everything. And our nasal cavity is really, really big. Like our um, receptor cells are way up in there. So it you got to get a lot of molecules to travel all the way up your nose and get to your smell receptors. Yeah. And dogs don't need it that need it to travel as far. Yeah, they have um there's some science behind the fact that like dogs dogs benefit from their noses being wet also. Um Yeah, they have a vomera nasal organ. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like part of the reason that they smell so well is like because they maintain a wet nose. So Yeah. Well, and we can talk about that too, but the VNO, humans don't really have one, but it's meant for pheromone detection between animals and humans, I, like, because we walk on two, uh, two feet and we're upright and we're not like in each other's butts like dogs are all the time, mm-hmm. we have like evolved to not rely on that sort of detection. But like dogs, you know how dogs smell each other's butts? They like touch their nose on another dog's butt and they smell their like fucking stink pheromones yeah, <laughs> coming yeah, yeah. from their anal glands. <laughs> so like, oh, that's using their, their VNO. I know so. everything about you right now. Yeah. <laughs> See, why don't we watch more movies about smell? I know I know a decent amount about this shit. <laughs> uh, I suggested before we started recording that our next movie be Airbud, but you uh, shot that down. So what does that have to do with smell? Uh, I mean, Sean a, smelling is not a, very exciting. So I don't know. It's a dog in it. It's not a good plot device. Smell. There's a dog in the movie. Pace That's is, what you're saying. Pace is right. Smelling is boring. Do we have any other questions okay. that we can mm-hmm. answer? We do have some more questions, but we are running short on time. So we mm, will absolutely true. get to them in the next episode. Uh, and so now I think it's time to reveal what we're watching yeah. for our next episode. What, it, what is... Cast. Sean, what is the next episode? So... For the next episode, yeah? we are going to be watching Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which was a suggestion from our patron, Jenny Crossan. Ugh, friend of the show. Friend of the show. Jenny, why? So, Another space movie. Listen, Kenan, stop bitching. You want us to do Airbud. This is way better than that. <laughs> uh, Jenny, please write into the show and discuss as to whether or not you think Airbud is a good suggestion for a movie. No, no, no! Don't, 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 don't you coerce my sister into these shenanigans of yours? Specifically, okay, well, fine. If you have any questions about Airbud, please uh, send them to uh, realsciencecats at gmail dot com, um, which is one of our uh, uh, ways of corresponding with the show. But so, Jenny, thank you for your suggestion, and thank you for being a patron of the show, and for designing our logo. Yeah, and for designing our logo. Yeah, yeah so Jenny did that point. for us. Yeah, yeah. Gen- we need to talk about that more. Jenny deserves awesome the uh, uh, close encounters of the third kind. Exactly. Agreed. Well, Jenny really wanted us to do how to lose a guy in ten days, but we had to settle some middle ground. We we're absolutely not doing how to lose a guy in ten days before we do failure to launch. Well, she's. I'm sure she'd be down for both. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll do that one as a bonus episode for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. For sure. For sure. Um, for sure. So thanks for your suggestion, Jenny. Um, thank you, the listener. Thank you for listening yeah. and sticking with us for 
fucking two and a half years. Yeah. <laughs> so. 2020, baby. New year, same us. Hell yeah. New year, <laughs> new shopping list. Can I get all those savings? Can't wait. Mm-hmm. And for a limited time only, if you have questions about uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, about aliens, and about communication with uh, beings from beyond the stars, you can uh, get in contact with us over at Twitter, at Real Science Cast, at Instagram, at Real Science Cast, on our Facebook also, the Real Science Cast, or send us an email at realsciencecast at gmail.com. If you have any, again, science-related questions about cats, please send those in to realsciencecats at gmail.com. Correct. We'll also, we will also field questions about dogs, specifically the dog from Airbud, but they must be written with um, uh, a specific level of venom towards canines as it's particularly a cat-themed uh, vibe that we're going for. You have to type woof every other word. Yes. That's please. also required. Uh, thanks to Otis McDonald for the use of his song, Third Eye Blimp, as the intro and outro to our show. Thanks, Otis. Otis. We follow you on Instagram. You have no idea that we exist. I love you. Correct. Correct. <laughs> Is that it? We do it. That's it, dude. Cool. It's bedtime. My name's Ken Smith. Thank you, everyone, for coming. My, My name's Ken Smith. <laughs> my name's Sean Crossan. Thank you all for coming. My name's Sean Crossan. My name is Michael Pace, and 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 you all can just get the fuck out of here. Whoa! You don't need good science to make a good movie, Pace, but you do need manners. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree. No. We can talk about how um, snow. Okay. Mm-hmm. No snow. No snow. Uh, mm, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Why don't we just do that? That'll work. Pace. Uh, every time I burp, it sounds like I'm gonna throw yeah. up. Every time you burp, you sound like you're gonna die. <laughs> you sound like there's like a demon being exercised yeah, in your yeah, body. Yeah. It's like <laughs> fucking Listen, wild. I have there are actually it, it runs in my family. It's a genetic it, it's a genetic problem. Oh, oh is it? <laughs> is it? Yeah, BL's a yes, over it here. is. Probably. <laughs> I don't know, Kinnon. That was good. All right. Um <laughs> the dark lord approaches. <laughs> hey, fuck off. Let's All right. Why don't we just uh, why don't we just wing it like we always do? <laughs>